Hey, my name is Lloyd. Welcome to the Creator Hub. Every single week, we share content to help you level up on your journey as a creator. Today, we have a special guest. I don't, I don't normally get nervous, but I'll be honest. Today, I was nervous. This guest is a triple OG in the podcast space. She works. She's the director of podcasting at Black Love. That network has eight award-winning podcasts. Eight. That's just insane. And they're all combined. They have a total reach of 1.8 million organic downloads. Keyword, underline, bolded, organic. That is, getting paid downloads is already hard. Organic downloads is even crazier. And my guest today has been able to accomplish that. Please help me welcome Crystal Hill to the podcast. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I love being called a triple OG. It makes me feel old. I feel it in my knees yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's like old in the right way, like revered. It's yeah, like like, like <laughs> I love old in the right way versus yeah. old in the wrong way. But... Don't want that. Uh, but thank you so much for joining me. I've oh. been such a fan of your work and just you as a person for like the longest. Um, and whenever I see you places, it's like you're so genuine and you're so supportive and you're really funny. Oh, thank you. And so it's like I I, I rock with you. So this is just such an honor for for me. Oh no, I appreciate. It. I love when when people come up to me. I love talking to people. Yeah. Not intentionally funny. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> when people call me funny. I I blame the childhood drama. Yeah. But we 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 will go from there. But no, I love I love talking to people. I'm excited to talk to you. I see you everywhere. I can't turn. <laughs> on a monitor and not see oh, Lloyd's man. face. And I'm like, look, you were just here. And I turn around and I was like, oh, Lloyd's in Spain. Oh, oh man. Lloyd's in New Zealand. Oh, yep. Lloyd's in Idaho. Oh, That's dang, so Lloyd funny. be everywhere. Right. Oh, get your bag, Lloyd. Ah, I love that you. for Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, part of, you know, I feel like you've done so much in like the world of podcasting. I know you used to work with the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, even before that, you've done some work with iHeart. I feel like if we spoke about everything, we'd be here forever. And so I want to focus on your time at Black Love um, and specifically the value in like podcast networks. Um, but like if you had to explain to me just in like very like basically in terms like what is like a podcast network i mean in its most basic form i think it's a a group of shows that are together that have some sort of through line mm. um and usually usually they are housed under one umbrella mm -hmm. and i mean if we're looking at it isn't in a business term like you're selling them together mm. And you can do cross promo together, but they're yeah. housed under like one umbrella. Yeah. So you can have a large company that has very like multiple networks under it. Yeah. Um, but usually there's some something that binds them all together. So like when you see these shows together, they all still make sense. Yeah. Um, I it's interesting because a lot of like the shows that are on your network are really really good and they could there's they could be they're amazing like standalone like super super qualified um but then you bring them together and it's sort of like this powerhouse and so when you think about this idea that like a network is a a, a band of shows with some sort of like common thread what would be like the benefit of like a show choosing to say like hey I'm I'm doing all the things already on my own, but I think I could be more powerful in suite with some of these other shows. Yeah, usually when shows are trying to join a network, it's because they're doing something and they need help, mm. right? Like whether it's like, we need help marketing, or we would really like some more visibility, or yeah. we need help with sales, or we just really think we'd be a good partnership together. Yeah. And, you know, there's power in numbers yeah. in the podcasting game. We all know it's hard 
the discoverability game is hard. Right. So when you have a lot of podcasters banding together to say, hey, you should listen to my show, but you should also listen to this show. Yep. Uh, it helps diversify your listeners. So that that is like why a lot of people will band together on a network mm -hmm. because it will help you find those extra listeners that it's hard to find on your own. Yeah. Cause like you can only tell your listeners to ask other people to listen yeah. so many times. Yep. But you know, if we have a show that's about cats, we don't, um, that might be great <laughs> one day. Uh, we have a show about cats and then, you know, we rolled in a show about knitting. Don't mm -hmm. have that either. Uh, Not yet. that might have an interesting <laughs> cross audience Yeah. that, you know, having those people together, they'll listen to each other because they've trust yeah. the people that are on that network. That's amazing. I, I love that. And when I think of like podcast networks, that's probably like, in my opinion, like maybe like the biggest benefit that I think like maybe an independent podcaster like myself could benefit from this idea that like, hey, I would love it if like X number of other podcasters could be recommending me and I'm recommending there, therefore like helping us grow faster. Um, and I think when people often think about like podcast networks, they think of like, corporate or large companies yeah. right but it sounds like based on what you're saying that theoretically i could just gather up like six of my friends and say hey we're all in the same niche we kind of have similar audiences let's just start our own little network and cross promote each other i mean is am i like oversimplifying <laughs> it here no you're not you could honestly do that and like it wouldn't you could call yourselves a network you could just network amongst your like amongst yeah. yourselves I think it becomes a little more difficult when like money is involved. Mm -hmm. I always tell people when money gets involved, get a contract involved because yeah. people get difficult. They don't get difficult. They get rightfully fearful when money gets involved because yeah. you just want to know who owns what. Right, right. So like if you were to create a name or branding or yeah. any sort of like titling or trademarks, yeah. that's when you want to get like more contracts and paperwork involved so you understand mm. should you all not become friends anymore <laughs> you understand who owns what right. when it dissolves right, right. Um, but if you're all just like hey let's all build like a pseudo network together and promote yeah. each other absolutely because that's like the idea mm. it's why in apple podcasts you can like link a bunch of podcasts right. together under something and not ne officially be a network yeah but still have a whole bunch of shows that's together that's interesting yeah yeah that's so cool um and I, I didn't even know about that so i definitely need to read more about that yeah hey i hope you're enjoying this episode we're gonna take a quick break but we'll be right back I think what you've been able to like accomplish at like Black Love is like amazing. Thank you. Um, especially on like the podcast growth side and even just how you've like been able to brand all your shows, the social clips, it's all really dope. Um, what was the transition from you going from like, hey, I'm being hired as like a producer to now being fully charged with running this entire like podcast network? Yeah, I think it was more of just like a, <laughs> a necessity thing. I wish, yeah. it, I wish it was more of like, I'm gonna do this thing. But I think it just kind of happened very organically um, just because we had these shows and we made more shows and yeah. there was still just kind of me. Yeah. Um, but also the industry kind of just grew in that way, too. Yeah. So I feel like it very much mirrored the growth of the industry in that way. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, bringing in... Um, I had a producer who's now gone and I have a new associate producer under me to, to, who works with me. 
and being able to kind of change that. It, it's been, it's been interesting. Yeah. It's been interesting. I can imagine. Uh, I think, <laughs> I think the fun part and like the social clips and all that, I feel like I need to make sure I say, I don't do all that by myself. Like I don't do any social clips. Yeah. Crystal makes no Crystal makes no social clips. I feel like I for the record have, for the record I make no social clips. We have a phenomenal social team who does all of that. They are great people, um, and but like the ta- I'm very fortunate to work with very talented talent mm. who makes that part very easy. Yeah, and it became my job to just like make them podcasters. Yeah, versus like trying to teach people who like the idea of podcasting mm. how to podcast like these are people who are subject matter experts in what they do mm. okay like they sit down and that is who they are all yeah. the time right and i'm very fortunate in that way yeah and then it's more of like okay i just needed to teach the business the business part yeah. but the business keeps changing yeah so it's just that's scary though <laughs> I, it, I, I, it's scary for me but at the same time i feel like i don't have any pressure so it's like i do kind of feel like i try to treat my podcast like a business and i do feel like man eventually i hope i'm in a position where i can do this full time but if there are like drastic changes in like the industry it's like ah whatever i have like a real day job so it's like this doesn't like impact me too much but i mean from your perspective like this industry to me feels like it's changing so fast all the time and from your perspective like you have all these shows that are completely dependent on you making decisions on whether you're going to change with something, whether you're going to double down on video or like, I mean, do you think about it that literally, or is it just kind of like, you know, we try not to think about that sort of stuff and we just create content. I mean, luckily for me, me personally, uh, black love is a media company. Mm. So we are not solely a podcast company. Yeah. Uh, and like, I mean, we're at like 2.5 million organic listens now. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I'm going to update your number. I got to change that. You got to change your number. Uh, So like the way that we've been able to grow has been great. Mm -hmm. And like, are we going to double down on video? I don't know if I'd use the term double down. Yeah. um, Because we know that audio, especially for black audiences, the oral tradition is just something that's so ingrained Mm -hmm. in what we do. Yeah. Um, So I don't know if it's double down. I feel like we always just kind of have to learn it and adapt and change. Yeah. So I feel like it's always just like a matter of adapting. Do I ever get anxious? No, not really. I never yeah. have. Yeah. I could tell you some very hilarious stories of me at NBC Sports <laughs> Radio where I have messed up so many things <laughs> that would normally make people cry that I was just like, well, I can't get that one back. Yeah. Um, but I just I've never operated that way. And that's just me personally. Mm. Uh, that is very much just a me thing yeah. and not a business thing. Yeah. And I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. At the end of the day, I'm operating from a place of happiness mm. and not a place of worry. Yeah. Uh, and I learned this from my life coaches. They're not my life coaches, but they're on network. Yeah. And it's just like, whatever is going to happen is going to happen, mm. which is a terrible business proposition, but it's a great life <laughs> proposition for people. Yeah. Because um, at the end of the day, I'm working to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I that's that's I love that, and I'm so glad you, you brought that up. Um, part of 
what I love about you is that like you're always like giving credit and kudos to other people. Um, I listen. Shout out to Latrice because I listened to your interview with her. Oh, love Latrice. Like, flawless. Um, but like even in that combo, like a lot of what you reference is like you gave a lot of credit to the talent on the network for why some of these shows were so successful. And so I want to ask you just like how you go about picking talent. Like if there are podcasters out there that would eventually, or not even podcasters, just like creators or people that want to be eventually be actors actresses um if they wanted to be on the network and have their own show what would be the process for something like that to happen yeah i think first i wish i had i wish i could credit me for picking talent that is all cody and tommy oliver mm. uh because they found these talent these people for the, sh the television show yeah uh, I just have the best job in the world in making them podcasters. Yeah. Um, but I think when you hear these people talk, you can tell that they are the best at what they do. Mm -hmm. um, when you listen to like a Kariga and Felicia, you can tell that these, right. this is not, they're not making it up right. for the microphone. Like they live that. Yeah. They live their experiences. They live their stories. And I think what makes a phenomenal podcaster is you're speaking from who you are. Mm -hmm. If you're telling an authentic story, you don't have to turn it on. Yeah. And what has made a lot of our stories successful is that none of these people turn it on when we say, okay, hit record. Yeah. Uh, even like the mama's dad, those women are friends. <laughs> like we don't have to say, okay, go because they're just having conversations with their friends. Yeah. Um, and so, like, for people approaching any network, yep. really, whether it's ours or any other, like, independent network, I would say make sure you have a product that speaks to who you are mm -hmm. and what you're trying to, to tell us, what, whatever the story is. Yeah. Like, don't come with me at a food with food stories if you're, <laughs> like, if you don't enjoy cooking. Right, right. Um, I think we get too caught up in who we want to be and not who mm -hmm. we are. Wow. And there's so much more value in who we are yeah. than who we want to play on yeah. TV. That's so good. I love that so much. Um, I've never thought about it that way, but that is, in fact, true. Um, and I think sometimes it's just like, sometimes it feels like as a creator, um, it feels like I think who we perceive ourselves to be right now just isn't good enough. And therefore I need to project that I'm this person or bigger than I actually am. But I think to your point, there's just a lot of power in just like letting go and saying, this is who I am. And that will either be good enough or not good enough um, for this opportunity. Um, I think there are a lot of people that listen to the show that are creators and podcasters. And so therefore they want to grow their shows and so on and so forth but i think there's a small subset of people that want to get into like the podcast industry they want to like you know work behind the scenes they want to work on like the business of podcasting and because it hasn't been around that long for a lot of um the people that are listening to this they don't have traditional experience um and so do you have any tips for people that want to transition into the industry or working on the business of the industry that are maybe coming from accounting or non-traditional backgrounds yeah, I mean, I I went into an obscene amount of student debt. Um, <laughs> accounting's a great place. Uh, radio sales. Mm. Uh, a lot of, like, traditional radio companies, yeah. whether it's iHeart or Odyssey or uh, Town Square, 
we'll start like a junior traffic salesperson. It's called traffic. Yeah. The, the correct term is traffic in these companies. Yeah. Uh, we'll hire you, mm-hmm. especially in a smaller market. Yeah. Uh, we were making fun of Idaho earlier. Sorry if you live in Idaho. Uh, <laughs> Idaho. <laughs> shout out for two potatoes. Uh, but like, go and and learn traffic. Yeah. A lot of the terminology carries over, and mm-hmm. that will carry over to say, like, if you learn how to sell, you're gonna know how to sell. Yeah. A flight, you're gonna understand all that. All of the audio sales terminology yeah. carries over, mm-hmm. um, and I think. especially the funny part about sales a lot of people don't understand how to sell audio right still yeah (laughs) like that is not changed at all yeah and why why is that um i just i don't even know why that is i think i mean once those people get the jobs that they want they kind of just stay there yeah i mean why would you leave a job that you enjoy (laughs) um but i mean i think there's a lot of opportunity there Mm -hmm. um also it's just people don't understand how podcast works yeah, right like yeah. i don't think any i mean i'm still figuring out who, who yeah. really knows how any of this yeah. works it's all fake right uh, it's my favorite terms podcasting is fake uh, it's all made up it's all made up <laughs> we're just you can do what you want right oh uh, but yeah i i think learning traffic is a great way to go i think there's so many aspects of podcasting that people don't realize mm-hmm. is a thing yeah like business development or graphic design or yeah. sound design there are lots of ways in yeah um audience development Mm. you don't have to be on a mic i try to avoid being on the mic when possible i only did this for lloyd (laughs) i'm blown up my phone exactly and Uh, i appreciate it i need (laughs) because i I like him as a human being i appreciate Um, it but yeah i would say just there are easy ways to do it like there's so much information that comes out yeah daily where read all the trades because oh, there's so much just free right. information. Go to your local community college and yeah. learn radio broadcasting. All mm. those fundamentals have pretty much carried over. Yeah. Um, and like I said, find whichever part of it kind of melds with what you want to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, radio sales. Radio sales. My mentor in radio. Yeah. Started in radio sales. And Interesting. Oh yeah, he. He was, he's done it all. Yeah. But like, if you can get in on sales, if you enjoy money, sales jobs are the jobs you should work. Right, right. <laughs> that's just in general though. Yeah. I, I love that. And that's a, I hadn't even thought about that, that like that could, you could just pick like whatever your entryway is going to be into the industry. And it may not be what you want to do at the moment or eventually, but it'll at least get you into the space and into the industry and understanding some of the terminology. And then you could always pivot once you're in this space. Oh yeah, sometimes it's just about getting in the door. Yeah. My first radio job, I did two at the same time. I was a board op, an overnight board op at the mm-hmm. world famous K-Rock. Yeah. Uh, gave away a lot of Disneyland tickets Saturday mornings. Yeah. So if that was you, you're not my favorite person. Uh, <laughs> and I was a TD at NBC Sports Radio. Mm. Uh, weekend what's a, what's overnights. A, TD? a technical director. Okay. Uh, weekend overnights. Wow. So it was not it was not fun times. It was, yeah. it was fun times. But if you have not slept on the floor. Right. Uh, are you really doing radio? Is right. the question. I, I can imagine. It's probably some, some stories. <laughs> but again, it's whichever way your entryway is. Yeah. But there's no wrong... Well, there are lots of wrong ways. There's no one right way to do it. Yeah. I always correct my terminology. There's lots of wrong... There's lots of wrong ways to do things. There's no one right way to do things. Yeah. Um, Crystal, I feel like... I think like 2021 was not that long ago. 
Um, and I feel like the fact that you have eight award-winning podcasts and 2.5 million downloads now is reflectant that you not only are you like killing it you're doing like a lot of things right <laughs> and so when you think about like why or how the network has like grown that fast what are some of like the things you attribute that to oh I, I i attribute it to the black love brand mm. i attribute it to the talent i attribute it to jeez the people who worked on all these shows yeah. um, and their stories. Mm. These are just stories that you really, I'm not going to say that you don't hear anywhere Yeah. because I, I there's too many podcasts. I refuse to <laughs> accept that you're not hearing stories anywhere. Um, but these are very special stories that connect with people in a way yeah. that I think really resonate that they keep coming back. Mm. I just, I've had two shows that just hit a hundred episodes. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if I had to, if I had to pick the two top things, it's definitely like the brand of the company. Yeah. Black Love is just something special. Yeah. Like the, what Cody and Tommy have been able to do is just something special that I can't attribute to anything else of like, except that brand that they've built. And then just the talent themselves, mm -hmm. like their stories and what they've put in and the vulnerability that they have yeah. shared and been willing to share yeah. with, you know, me sitting there staring at them through a Google meet yeah. <laughs> as like they cry and share some of the worst things that have ever happened to them mm -hmm. in, in a lot of instances. Uh, and then even just the responses that we get back. Yeah. I think it's really a testament to just about everybody else except me. That's always going to be the answer I'm going to give. Uh, it, it's really a testament to them. Yeah. Um, how much do you think that like the actual um, technicality of like the quality of the podcast played a role? In oh, I would love to say all of it because I'm the person <laughs> who edits all these shows. Not all of them. I had a, an amazing producer who now works on America's Got Talent, and I'm so proud of her. Uh, who were uh, who was editing these shows with me, um, but I mean these shows intentionally sound good. Mm. We were very. I I started in tech. I I, yeah. I got to make sure these shows sound good. These are audio podcasts. Yeah. You know, bad audio is never a stylistic choice. Yeah. That is my quote. Uh, that I actually got from a friend. His name is Michael Gozio. He works in radio too. But I always go back to this analogy of the Blair Witch Project, mm. where the, the video was grainy, it was intentional because they were shooting for a mood. I love film. They, yeah. They're always so moody with their cinematography. Yeah. But the audio was crisp. Mm. Because bad audio, your, your brain don't like it. Yeah. Your brain cannot deal with bad audio. Yeah. It's just not, it's not a good time. Right. We're audio first podcasts. Yeah. If we have bad audio, like... It's it's done. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. this story, it doesn't matter how great the story is if you like there's a big old choo choo train in the background. Yeah. And you know, there are sometimes I mean we've got a lot of kids yeah on this network. <laughs> uh yeah. and by kids I don't mean like kids podcasts. I mean a lot of these people have a lot of children. I think I counted <laughs> I think we are at eighteen wow children amongst our hosts. 
So there, you know, there yeah. are a lot of crying babies sometimes, right. and sometimes we just acknowledge the crying baby because right. you can't ignore a crying baby. Right. Technology ain't that it's good. A part, yet. It's a part of the episode. We can't we can't take them out. Yeah. So you know, the 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 sound quality is important. It's important to me because yeah. it drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, but I I I think it's the sound quality. It's an audio podcast. It's yeah. like it's if the sound quality isn't good the content don't mean anything right it's it's funny that you reference a lot of the content you create as like audio first because i think that like people would assume that you're video first because so much of like the ways i think people first discover your content might be on social media or tv or, or whatever else mm-hmm. like their medium is um and so it's it's amazing to hear you put that much emphasis on audio um let me ask you a question you tell me true or false oh i love questions all right uh and and just like gut reaction okay all right uh in the future, if you're starting a new podcast, it's impossible to grow it without video. False. Okay. Well, like why? I think it depends on the podcast. Like, so say you create a uh, an audio podcast, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to like put too much emphasis on the specific topic because I think there are some topics where it's like, yo, this you know, uh, true crime, right? Like there are like some yeah, topics. That's why like, I'm like, if I'm creating yeah. a, a fiction podcast, I don't need to do, I don't need to do video. I hear you. Say, say, it's a, <laughs> let's just consider like, it. Like a chat average. show? Like a chat show or just a regular entertainment show. I don't know. if. See, I'm very much in the middle and here's why. I don't necessarily, I think you might need to record video. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe you need to release the full video. Oh, Interesting. So you you mean just like record it for your for clips, social for social okay mm-hmm. interest that's a, yeah I I that makes a lot of sense um, you want to hear why please I think a lot of creators specifically small creators I'm always thinking of small creators because a lot of people they try to be playing you know yeah. pro ball when they should be playing street ball <laughs> think that they need to put on this full production but mm. don't have full production capabilities. Mm-hmm. So it's like, do what you can with what you have. Yeah. If you shoot video, yeah. great. Use the, use the, use it for social. Yeah. There are so many tools out there that make it so easy yeah. to cut really great social clips. Yeah. But to try to compete with a fully produced, great video production and put out quality audio... Mm. And put out great social, yeah. like you're pulling yourself too thin. Yeah. But if you do it with the intention of social and great audio, you still have the video. Yep. And if it's evergreen enough, like hold it, yep. release it later. Right. <laughs> but I feel like great audio, use it for social. Yeah. Because I feel, and it's a personal feeling, most of the time when people see podcast clip, clips on social, it does not drive them to listen to the podcast. Mm. Because I've I've polled people and I'm just like, yeah, that was a great clip. Did you go listen to that full show? And they're like, nah. <laughs> right. So it's like, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. I'm glad that was social engagement. And there's value in social engagement. Yeah. But if you're trying to sell CPM yeah. on your audio podcast... How does this social clip help you? Yeah. This social clip helps you if you're trying to build your brand as like an influencer. Because mm. obviously you're going to use those metrics yeah. to go back to whoever you're working with, the agency, whatever, yeah. and go look at the engagement on this social clip. Exactly. But if they didn't go listen to your <laughs> podcast afterwards, you just spent a whole bunch of time yeah. 
on this social clip that don't mean nothing to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm so that. I so resonate with that. I'm that person because <laughs> I feel like I try and do so much, and in my head, I just amp up that like, nah, people are gonna see this clip. The clip gotta look high quality. It gotta, be. and it's just like you just you try and do too much. But you probably could just like you could have amazing audio if you just did audio mm -hmm. and minimize your your video. Um, I I resonate with that a lot. I just point. think it's like decide what you want to do yeah. decide what you want to be and it's okay to like do a couple things yeah but to try to do a full-scale production without a full-scale team yeah is a little silly right when you're thinking of the whole balance right because like all right well now you're pulling into your life balance like yeah. what's the rest of your life look like when you're doing a full-scale production because yeah. I know full-scale productions take a lot out of people right um and again i'm always thinking of the the whole person yeah so i'm just like be realistic if you still want to do it that's great yeah. but like maybe when you have a break yeah you go back and edit those full videos yeah. and when you have a lull and maybe your rss you take a christmas break yeah because if you're not mariah carey and all they want for <laughs> christmas is you like right. Maybe that's when you go and publish these videos yeah. and go, hey, you know what? I got some great video content for you on my YouTube and direct them there. Yeah. You know, there are other ways you can do things. Yeah, I love that. And I and you said something earlier that was interesting that there's like the podcast industry is still so new. There's a lot of different ways to do things. And some of those things are new. And so it's like, okay, to explore and try new things. Um, I wanted to ask you just like sometimes – I, I feel like the podcast industry changes a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I personally, I'm just a generally like an optimistic person. So I, I believe that like, you know what, like podcasting five years from now, is going to be even better or just as it is now, it's not going <laughs> to get like worse. But like, how do you feel about like the future of podcasting? Oh, like, how do you think about it? I'm not as optimistic as you are. <laughs> uh, I think it can be anything and everything. Okay. I, I like to be optimistic, yeah. but I remember the Telecommunications Act of 1996 mm. and what it did to radio. Yeah. Um, so like. And, and what was it? I don't. I don't. Oh, it like deregulated radio and made radio terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> basically, because it went from this amazing form mm. to serve local markets, and then everyone bought each other Got and it. no longer served the public. Um, so <laughs> I'm not as optimistic yeah. just in general, but I think there's. It can go any way. Yeah. I'd like to say that it will be great. Because mm -hmm. I like to be optimistic sometimes. <laughs> but I mean, I think the great part about podcasting right now as it is, is that there is a low barrier of entry mm -hmm. that allows anyone to do it. Yeah. Um, I think the unfortunate part of podcasting right now is that there's a low barrier of entry. And... Some people take advantage of people yeah. going into that low barrier of entry. Yeah. Um, and what do, you, what do you mean by that? I mean, I mean for 55, 55, I can teach you how to start a podcast. You know, yeah. um, it was like, why are you, why are you charging me 55, 55? What an odd number. Right. Um, <laughs> I think what I would like to see. Yeah. I would like to see more people podcasting just for funsies. Mm. And that's, this is a, a personal hot take. I love me some hot takes. Yeah, me too. I would just like to, to people to just podcast for a hobby. Yeah. I think once money started becoming yeah. the highlights of podcasting, you saw a lot of people trying to get in yeah. for 
the sake of making a whole bunch of money in it. Yep. And I would love for pe- for this to be a hobby for some people. Mm. For it to just be a release in the same way that fishing is a hobby. Yeah. In the same same way that like joining your community concert band is a hobby. Yeah. Because some hobbies are expensive. Right. <laughs> I think people are like, well, it's so expensive. Why would I do it as a hobby? I'm like, because some hobbies are expensive. Right. Uh, but I think when we can allow people to just do it for fun yep. without the, I have to make money off of this, yeah. we'll start to see a little bit of a shift there. Yeah. Um, and then the industry will kind of be able to move in a place of like, we won't have so many people. Yeah being pushed in a way of like i have to be able to make money and so many people trying to get money yeah from people who think yeah that there is money just because it exists yeah exactly um yeah that's a really really good point i wish more people more people spoke about that because i think even just to like do a podcast um when you add the pressure of like this has to work this has to be big this has to be a success in addition to like wanting it to like be successful for money i think you're also less likely to be authentic and just say like yo this is really what is on my mind today but this isn't going to get a lot of views so i'm not talking about that today i think more podcasters would be uh, would feel empowered to be like more authentic with their content if we genuinely treated it as like a, a hobby yeah, and I think it's okay. It's okay for it to be a hobby. I don't think yeah. there's enough people saying it's okay for it to be right. your hobby because I think there's a lot of people who are trying to make money off of those people, yeah. um, which is why I'm very intentional about just giving away information for free. Yeah. I think there's a lot of gatekeeping of information. Yeah. And so like, I'm hoping that the industry moves away from gatekeeping information. Yeah. I mean, you've heard me say this. I don't believe in gatekeeping information yeah. that I'm legally able to not gatekeep. gatekeep. Yeah. Uh, Cause I got bad knees. I can't, I can't climb any gates. Uh, it's hard for me. Yeah. So I think when we can all get to a place of like this moving away from this really weird, hyper competitive, mm. like it's me against you. And I'm just like, I'm not competitive against nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my show is not like your show. Yeah. And your show is not like their show because you're Lloyd. Right. <laughs> and there is no other Lloyd doing anything like this out there. Right. And even if there's a, like 500 creator shows, they're yeah. not going to be like your show, show. They're not going to be able to offer what you offer. They're not going to be able to do what you do. Right. And I think that's the problem is like when you have someone with a relationship show, all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, we're competing against each other. I'm like, why? Right, right, right. <laughs> you, I got so many. I got like eight relationship shows on network. Exactly. They're not competing against each other. Yeah. Why? Why? Why are we like that? Yeah. And I think it's. When we can move away from that, yep. then I have a little more hope. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I'm so glad you, you brought that up. Crystal, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, I really, really appreciate you. it. Where can people find you? Don't find me. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, on, I'm on the Instagram at Crystal Plays Radio. I'm also on Threads. Same, same username, Crystal Plays Radio. But it's mostly just pictures of my dog, and I'm currently following all the bear cams. Yeah. So very little podcasting content. Yeah. Are they? Th- are there? There bear cams on Threads? Well, no, it's just me reposting the bear uh, cams. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so cool. if you want those bear cam links, <laughs> hit me up. Right. Uh, just before we wrap, what do you think of Threads? I love Threads. Yeah, more yeah. than Instagram. Uh, yeah, kinda. Okay. Like yeah. why? Why? I think it's because there's less influencers on it. Ah, <laughs> yo, that is a very, very pure, 
in its in its uh infancy phase. in its infancy it yeah. it reminds me of 2006 facebook yeah yeah and i was messy on 2006 facebook so i'm here for it <laughs> yeah it was just literally your friends oh yeah yeah anyway crystal thank you so much for doing this i appreciate it thank you for listening and watching have an amazing week peace